Welcome everyone to another episode of Setting the Scene. My name is Michael and I'm the host for the podcast on the 45th overall episode and our ninth episode in our series guest spotlights. We're joined today by Melissa. Before we get going, we have quite a few topics we want to cover with Melissa and being a guest spotlight episode, we're going to be talking about her journey to medicine right now and she she's in her fourth year, but I'll let her introduce a little more about herself. I just want to get give y'all a uh, a little debrief on what we're going to be discussing today. Although without further ado, Melissa, do you want to introduce a little about yourself? Of course. Hi, Michael. Um, For all of those uh, listening, my name is Melissa Rodriguez. I am a fourth year medical student currently uh, finishing uh, my medical school journey in Florida. I go to FAU. And I'm applying uh, to a medicine residency now, just going through clinical rotations. Yep, it is that time of year, whether you're pre-med or whether you're a med student applying to residency, seems like it's that time of year for applications. But before we hop into what life is like in med school, I wanted to ask about your, your inspiration behind going to medical school to begin with and a little about your time as an undergrad, as a pre-med. So let's start with what initially drew you to medicine. What what was that spark for you? Yeah, so this reminds me when I was actually applying to medical school. It seems like it's a question that it's hard to just answer on one spot because there's multiple differences why we're going to medicine, right? But um, yes, I had this little exposure. No one in my family is a doctor and I wasn't exposed to medicine at all. Growing up, I did have an accident where I broke my tibia. I had to go to the ED, and I was attended by a female doctor that kind of like inspired me and kind of uh, grabbed my attention on on that career. How uh, kind she was and how she provided care and was able to solve my problems, um, as well as reassuring me through that moment, kind of sparked my interest. Then. And um, during high school and college, I uh, did a lot of shadowing, um, different doctors and and um, just the whole job, not only because it's like intellectually challenging, which I was looking for that in a career, but also um, it's it's about talking to people at their most bold times and um, using their knowledge to be able to make them feel better. So I thought it was the perfect career for me, um, being a social person and, and being someone who, who likes to listen to uh, people's stories, as if, uh, even if they're like strangers, I like um, to turn up them and um, you know, learn all about their social history as well as their medical history so that I can best help them. Yeah, there are quite a few factors that play into that. It sounds like a lot of things about medicine, there's a lot of things about medicine that you like, uh, but moving on to when you did apply to medical school, what type of applicant would you consider yourself to be? A lot of people categorize themselves as, oh, I'm service-oriented, I'm research-heavy, et cetera. What type of applicant would you describe yourself to be when you apply? Um, so thinking about that, I was definitely more on the community service versus also leadership route uh, rather than research. I did have one big uh, research project that I worked on, but uh, my uh, application was mostly a community service that I did and teaching. 
and in one big leadership um, experience I had as well. So more, more on the community service side, yeah. And on that topic, I wanted to ask, what do you remember being brought up in terms of your interviews? I know that interviews, they bring up experiences, a lot of times being extracurricular. So I'm sure there were a couple of things from your service-oriented side of the application that came up. What specific activities came up? What, what did they often talk about in your interviews? Yeah, so some some uh, interviewers read the application, others just focus more on, on behavioral questions and really getting to know you the first time they're interviewing you. Um, those that, that did um, looked at my application and reviewed it well, a lot of them asked about um, my experience in Mind and Melody. I used to, this is an organiz- a nonprofit organization that provides music uh, sessions to people with neurological um, disorders or and also older adults living in uh, facilities. So I had to do that I sing since I was little. So that was kind of interesting for them to um, ask about. Um, I did that for a long time. So most of my activities I did for at least one year. So um, that I will also recommend if you're doing any activities to keep a with it for a long time, find something that you're really passionate about, because that was definitely something I, I really enjoyed and I was able to talk about in depth. Um, because it was it was a way of, of putting together a, something that I do like a hobby I do for fun, I do for like my entire life and also having patient interactions at the same time, even though they were not medical, I was, you know, meeting new people all of within those sections. So it kind of um related. Yeah, there was some overlap there. And now that you are in medical school, what do you think it was about your application or your interview that ended up getting you into FAU? Um, well, <laughs> I think it was a mixture of things. I, I, I consider that my application was very well-rounded. It had a little bit of everything. Like I said, I wasn't a big research person, but I had at least one project that was um, doing, so that showed, you know, my my curiosity for um for research or or for further uh, studies evidence-based medicine um I think it was more about um my activities my my leadership experiences and and how I portray myself in the interviews as someone that, that really cares and that wanted to serve my own population, um, volunteered with, you know, underserved population at all, as well. So I was able to, um, you know, show cultural competence as well. Um, and of course, I wanted to stay close to family. So that was a big component as well. I'm sure. Yeah, you did mention you're from Florida. FAU, is that in Miami? Isn't that right? It is Boca Raton, Florida. So it's around one hour from Miami. So it oh, was yeah. um, perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. How is the patient demographic there? Does it fit the same patient demographics that you're ideally hoping to help out? Or do you have an idea of the type of patients you hope to help out in terms of culture, finances, insurance, etc.? Yes, it was definitely um, the patient population that I hope to serve. Uh, starting from first year of medical school, uh, at least at FAU, they, on, on the second semester, they started going to clinics. So I saw a lot of um, 
patients in the clinic um, that were uninsured or they were you know, going below the 200% poverty level. Um, I also did a lot of volunteering in Caridad Center, which is in, um, near the school. And and we do a lot of sessions with them as well, but I volunteered extra uh, days. And that's also a free clinic that offers service to the underserved. So it was kind of the population I expected. Plus, Boca Raton does have uh, a big uh, geriatric population, which I loved working with older adults. I, that's one of my main, um, so specialty interests. So I, I felt like I got a lot of uh, training in that as well. The program has uh, within it uh, a big emphasis in geriatric care because it's very comprehensive, very complex cases. Um, because older people tend to have more comorbidities, more things to um, pay attention to. That's true. That's true. Speaking of FAU earlier, I wanted to ask how far into your application cycle did you interview at FAU? Well, yeah. So this is this is a, an answer of hope. I actually interviewed in February. Um, and yeah, interviewed in February. <laughs> and then... Were you waitlisted, accepted right off the bat? When, when did you hear back from them with a the final decision? Right, so I was actually waitlisted for a long time. And I got, I, I was uh, interviewing at other schools at the meantime. I think it was, um, you know, God's plan for me to end up here mm -hmm. that I end up receiving a call around May. Uh, first week of May, I received a call from um from the director of admissions and thankfully I, I got in. <laughs> That's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, it, it really spans the whole year. They say the application cycle is a year and they really do mean it. Uh, I mean, the, exactly. yeah, the primary is maybe only the summer. I mean, people submit anytime between June as late as August, but that's only the summer. Then you have secondaries. That's a couple months more interviews, a couple months more after that, but hearing back, that's a whole year. Uh, but that is definitely a story of hope for sure. I'm, I'm sure a lot of students are a bit anxious, even though it's the middle of October. And, and I think we're going to be publishing this episode late October, still early in the cycle. I'm sure quite a few applicants are are a bit nervous about their about their chances, but but that's that's great to hear. Great hope. About that, do you feel like you ever had a chance to actually unwind and relax before med school started? Did you do anything like take a vacation? I mean. That's May, and I think you're starting med school in July, right? Yes. So I started medical school in August, um, but I started in the middle of the pandemic. I had a whole to <laughs> to uh, <laughs> Europe plan with my parents, and I was gonna, you know, enjoy all my summer and my my last fully free summer. Uh, but um, the pandemic happened, and you got you probably all know what happened after that quarantine yeah. we started medical school online which was very difficult for me thankfully things got better but yeah I I, I went straight from undergrad to medical school as well so I wasn't really uh, taking a break before that <laughs> wow wow that could I, did, I did I did to take a break at home you know and I yeah. went down just relaxing I didn't do uh, anything that summer nothing um nothing work related oh did you end up getting a trip to europe later on in med school i know that you have a couple breaks right a couple week breaks now 
No, actually, I have a plan for when I graduate. Okay. <laughs> so I graduate in May, God willing, and I'm hoping to to go to Europe after that. That's okay. going to be four years later. <laughs> yeah, four years later. What a delay. I couldn't have been, having, right. have been at a worse time, though, in the middle of the pandemic, just trying to catch some catch some time to unwind. But, but... Because it's a long trip. I can't just take a month from medical school to go yeah. to Europe. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that they only allow like two, three weeks at most, right? And that's usually for step studying too. No, for step studying, they do give us a month at least. Um, So that, my school is really good about that, but no actually like free time mm-hmm. in one whole month. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hopefully things settle down. By the time you graduate, nothing will get in the way. Crossing our fingers there. <laughs> Thank but now you. that you um, kind of going back to what we mentioned about you being waitlisted and, and ending up being accepted in May, was there anything between the time that you were waitlisted and you were accepted that you did that you think moved the needle? Mm, I think so. I mean, um, I have, I don't know if it's the right time to talk about it, but I have videos about it. I actually have a YouTube channel and I made one video about all the things you could do post application submission I did send letter of interest and um yeah maybe that in updates the FAU in particular I remember had like um an option to submit updates so my um project I think got published after submission date so I was able to submit that update and I think submit other uh, uh, activities that I was doing at that time but it was mainly the thing that um that I think is the main thing I did was sending letters of interest mm-hmm. so staying active with them definitely helps staying in, in touch sounds like it helps staying uh, showing your interest basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now going into your time in medical school especially after you've been through it for almost four years what do you like most about FAU as a med school I think uh, for me, it was feeling like um, I was going to get to know everybody that is teaching me because it's a small school. And um, it seemed like at least during interview day that everybody felt like family, like everybody knew each other. And um, that meant that I was going to have, you know, there is. Now that I have experience through it, through the curriculum, there is an excess of mentorship. So that's amazing <clears throat> because we're less students uh, compared to other uh, schools. There's also a lot of active learning, PBL, which I really enjoyed because I struggled with day on topic kind of me develop uh, clinical training like I was saying from the first year first year second semester they put you to see patients at least once a week so that you can start practicing those skills and their foundations of medicine uh, which is the course where we do a lot of OSCEs a lot of clinical training in the simulation center so uh, for me that clinical training was very important mm-hmm and another thing is, <laughs> yeah, another thing is, I, I know that 
with that each medical school, they kind of divide their curriculum into preclinical and clinical, usually two years for each, right? I'm not sure if that's the case at FAU, but I know that there probably is going to be a transition regardless of the length of either of those. So how was that transition from you, for you, from preclinical to clinical? Well, Michael, I think that's like very, very good question. That that was my most uh, difficult time. If I could, if I could just pinpoint one point in medical school, that was the most difficult because I was always doing a full time. Um, since I didn't take any gap years, I didn't never had to like work full time. Uh, when you're going uh, into clinical years, you're basically working full time. You're there time that your team is there right so average from 6 a.m to 5 p.m but then you have to go home and study for a shelf exam because after every return mm. uh, an exam becomes very difficult when the only time you have to study is really in the afternoon where you're already tired from a long day so that transition was definitely hard but I did get a lot of support from um, school and we did have like one day of the week where we got out uh, those days uh, we went to school basically uh, went over hygiene topics. Um, so those were, uh, they helped with uh, practice for exams, but you do have a lot to do a lot of questions. These are standardized exams, just like the MCAT, just like step one are very difficult and you do have to put in a lot of work um, to practice your test taking skills, which I didn't uh, anticipate from from you have to do well clinically and manage getting good in the in the hospital or in the clinic at as well as as practicing for your exams that's or true. remaining focused on your exam that's true yeah no wonder i hear third year is probably the hardest year in med school with the transition and and especially the year before applying to residency i'm sure that's a, a doozy of a year to take on. But now that you are in your fourth year and applying to internal medicine, I'm sure you'll be asked this question quite a few times, but why did you choose specifically internal medicine? Once I, I read internal medicine, I feel I cannot fooled by all of the cases because you really take your time to really get to know the person. As I said, I'm a really social person. My personality matches just having the time to get to know the patient beyond their medical illness, you know, take a really good social history, take into consideration all the problems, which ones are the ones that are keeping them in the hospital and kind of, um, you know, use the consultant and see if they if, if you need help um but uh, getting through that hospital course and bringing the patient from from a very acute uh, condition that it's that they're very sick to a more stable uh, condition that they can go sleep to their home it's it's an amazing problem and you can choose whether to specialize or not i do have some interest in rheumatology right that was actually my next question about if you had any plans for a fellowship um, but, but that's good to hear. I mean, fellowship does take a couple more years, right? And the, the, the salary doesn't necessarily go up, but um, it, it's definitely nice to have a certain niche. Um, outside of that, though, I did want to ask, outside of clinical practice, whether you're an internist or a rheumatologist, a geriatrician, what other things do you want to incorporate into your practice? What kind of doctor do you want to be? Or do you have a special interest in public health? 
or a certain niche area that you want to make sure you get involved in as a doctor? Yes, I, I feel like I um, want to be able to serve my community, um, advocate for patients that need me to advocate for them uh, in terms of, of, you know, social inequalities and all of that. I um, see myself involved in those kind of projects in the future. Um, I just have to, I feel like, train first in internal medicine and then um, as I go this process, decide uh, where I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to pursue in terms of organizations and, and other things. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot to your story for sure from the beginning of med school to the end. Uh, but you mentioned earlier that you do have a YouTube channel and a lot of what we talked about, I'm sure you cover in, in videos on your YouTube channel. Is there anything in particular that you think would be really helpful to anyone listening in, especially if they're in the application cycle right now? Yes, yeah, so my YouTube channel actually started in 2020 when I got accepted. And because at that time there weren't so many, there weren't um, many uh, YouTuber students up there. So I thought that uh, my videos will help a lot of people coming after me and they're all the the first videos I made were all about getting into medical school uh, starting from the MCAT to um how to choose which schools to apply and my activities I have a video on my on my entire MCAT application uh, as well as what to do afterwards uh, after you apply and interviewing advice as well so a little bit of everything and then it, um, the other videos have been on, on my experience through medical school which I think you guys will all also uh, you know benefit from that once you get into medical school because it's really a journey and a process to um, deal with. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. For anyone who wants to check it out what's the name of your YouTube channel? It's actually my name, <laughs> just uh, Melissa Rodriguez and Melissa with one S, um, medical students. So if you just type like that, you I think you should be able to find it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that will wrap it up for today's podcast. Uh, to our audience, I want to thank you all for tuning in mm -hmm. to another episode of Setting This Scene. We post these episodes every other Friday. So be sure to look out for our next podcast. A lot of our upcoming episodes will be guest spotlights, and a lot of our past ones have been too. So we feature medical students, physicians, even pre-med students on guest spotlights to hear stories just like Melissa's. But with that said, I also want to thank you, Melissa, for joining us and taking the time. Uh, I know med school isn't easy, and I'm sure your schedule is pretty busy. So I really do appreciate you for taking the time to join us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honestly honored to be able to just spread this knowledge with everyone and if you have questions please uh, reach out um, through my platform i'm always welcome to answer anything that's in, in your mind <laughs> we appreciate it we appreciate it well to those listening like i said we do have episodes every other friday if you like what you um were able to take away from this episode i'm sure you will for the future ones and we really do look forward to having you there hope you all take care